0: When the child was about ten years old, he invited his sister, Mrs. Penniman, to come and stay with him. The Miss Slopers had been but two in number, and both of them had married early in life. The younger, Mrs. Almond by name, was the wife of a prosperous merchant and the mother of a blooming family. She bloomed herself indeed, and was a comely, comfortable, reasonable woman, and a favorite with her clever brother, who, in the matter of women, even when they were nearly related to him, was a man of distinct preferences. He preferred Mrs. Almond to his sister Lavinia, who had married a poor clergyman of a sickly constitution and a flowery style of eloquence, and then, at the age of thirty-three, had been left a widow, without children, without fortune, with nothing but the memory of Mr. Peniman's flowers of speech, a certain vague aroma of which hovered about her own conversation. Nevertheless, he had offered her a home under his own roof, which Lavinia accepted with the alacrity of a woman who had spent the ten years of her married life in the town of Poughkeepsie. The doctor had not proposed to Mrs. Penniman to come and live with him indefinitely. He had suggested that she should make an asylum of his house while she looked about for unfurnished lodgings. It is uncertain whether Mrs. Penniman ever instituted a search for unfurnished lodgings, but it is beyond dispute that she never found them. She settled herself with her brother and never went away, and when Catherine was twenty years old, her Aunt Lavinia was still one of the most striking features of her immediate entourage. Mrs. Pennyman's own account of the matter was that she had remained to take charge of her niece's education. She had given this account at least to everyone but the doctor, who never asked for explanations which he could entertain himself any day with inventing. Mrs. Pennyman, moreover, though she had a good deal of a certain sort of artificial assurance, shrank, for indefinable reasons, from presenting herself to her brother as a fountain of instruction. She had not a high sense of humor, but she had enough to prevent her from making this mistake, and her brother, on his side, had enough to excuse her in her situation for laying him under contribution during a considerable part of a lifetime. He therefore assented tacitly to the proposition which Mrs. Pennyman had tacitly laid down that it was of importance that the poor, motherless girl should have a brilliant woman near her. His assent could only be tacit, for he had never been dazzled by his sister's intellectual luster. Save when he fell in love with Catherine Harrington, he had never been dazzled, indeed, by any feminine characteristics whatever and though he was to a certain extent what is called a lady's doctor, his private opinion of the more complicated sex was not exalted. He regarded its complications as more curious than edifying, and he had an idea of the beauty of reason, which was, on the whole, meagerly gratified by what he observed in his female patients. His wife had been a reasonable woman, but she was a bright exception. Among several things that he was sure of, this was perhaps the principle. Such a conviction, of course, did little either to mitigate or to abbreviate his widowhood, and it set a limit to his recognition at the best of Catherine's possibilities and of Mrs. Pennyman's ministrations. He nevertheless, at the end of six months, accepted his sister's permanent presence as an accomplished fact and as Catherine grew older, perceived that there were in effect good reasons why she should have a companion of her own imperfect sex. He was extremely polite to Lavinia, scrupulously, formally polite, and she had never seen him in anger but once in her life, when he lost his temper in a theological discussion with her late husband. With her, he never discussed theology, nor indeed discussed anything he contented himself with making known very distinctly in the form of a lucid ultimatum his wishes with regard to Catherine. Once, when the girl was about twelve years old, he had said to her, Try and make a clever woman of her, Lavinia. I should like her to be a clever woman. Mrs. Pennyman at this looked thoughtful a moment. My dear Austin, she then inquired, do you think it is better to be clever than to be good? Good for what? asked the doctor. You're good for nothing unless you're clever. From this assertion, Mrs. Pennyman saw no reason to dissent. She possibly reflected that her own great use in the world was owing to her aptitude for many things.